This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Mae Peluso. How the fuck are you? It's Monday. They're looting, they're rioting, the world is literally on fire, but you're here because you know what? We got to keep fucking going, y'all. We got to keep going. We got to keep fucking moving, no matter what they say. And don't pay attention to everything. Well, I take that back. Do pay attention to everything. Don't believe everything. Don't believe everything you see, you read, or you hear, okay? Be smart, be vigilant, and don't fucking steal Adidas sneakers without getting me a pair. No, <laughs> You guys, thank you for listening every week. Please share the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Let me know how you like it. There's a little section on the iTunes where you can actually leave us a review. Please review us. Also, if you want the exclusive videos that we're doing every, almost every day now on my Patreon page, join my Patreon club. Whichever membership you'd like to join, they all get amazing gifts and fun things with each subscription patreon.com forward slash jesse may motherfucking paluso shout out to absolute extracts for keeping me lifted elevated and quarantined the right way i am the quarantine queen because of the kush Woo! keeping me lifted keeping me spiritual and sometimes sending me into a deep deep sleep check them out absolute extracts if you are in the la area go to ease.com Buy any Absolute Extracts product and use code Jesse May at checkout for 15% off. You guys, what the fuck is going on? What are we doing as a people? First of all, there is racial disparity in this country. Yeah, I'm getting right the fuck into it. There is racial disparity. Second of all, there's also militia groups who want to use that disparity for their personal gain. Read some information. Read up a little bit on on these groups that are causing the raucous, doing the looting. I've seen many videos where looting was caused by white people, cops, girls in Lululemon pants, Lululemon, whatever the fuck you call those pants. Listen, Becky, put the fucking graffiti can down and get back away. Be- 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 Becky, back the fuck up. Becky and Ashley, back the fuck up. You can't have white privilege and then cause looting. That's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. And I'm, I'm one of the good whites. And you're ruining it for us right now, Becky and Ashley. Put the fucking graffiti can down. Put the can, the spray can of graffiti down. Pick up your dry shampoo and go the fuck home. This ain't your battle. I am all for peaceful protest. I'm all for fighting the good fight. But if you are looting, you are on the wrong side of history. You're, the, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. I don't know the answer. I don't claim to know all the answers. I'm not sitting here like I know exactly what's going on. I could be fucking wrong. I could be completely wrong. Probably not, but I could be completely fucking wrong. But let me tell you, I'm not listening. I am not listening to CNN. I am not listening to Fox News. Each one of them have their own little agendas. I will say this. Keep going. It's Monday, motherfuckers. Monday motivation. Keep going. 
Don't let this deter you. Don't let this make you more lazy. Don't think that everything is done. It's not done. And if you're somebody who lost a business, I am so sorry if your business got destroyed from these motherfuckers that are taking advantage of a good cause, taking advantage of a good fight. If you're a small business, email me, sharptonguepodcast at gmail.com. I will do my part to help bring awareness to your business and maybe throw an IG story post up for you so you can hopefully regain what you lost. So with that said, let's have some fun. Thank you for being here. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Paluso. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You guys are dope. All of you are fucking amazing. I appreciate you being here. You're giving me purpose through all of this craziness. I need you. So don't you dare leave me. Don't, don't, don't you leave me. Don't you leave me. Okay. I've got a good episode for you. Really fun episode. I was excited to talk to this guy, creator of Pictionary. He's an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and just an all around really interesting dude. We had a great conversation. I thought it was so cool to talk to the guy who created a game that I played so often in my childhood. I don't know if you guys did too, if you remember Pictionary, but man, that game was like, that was the the thing when I was a kid. We played it all the time. So it was so cool to sit down with the creator of that and have a really deep conversation about games, life, and marijuana. Check out his new book, Game Changer, out today. It was such a fun interview. I hope you guys find a little reprieve from the great... <coughs> the fucking Rob Angel. What did I choke on? Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, beep. Beep, 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 You're listening beep. to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional i talk about my dog sometimes each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me i am pumped for today's episode of the sharp tongue podcast i'm your host jesse may peluso as you know because you're here every week listening to my upstate New York accent. We have a very special guest this week. This man created basically a babysitter for me my whole childhood. I I remember playing the game Pictionary from a very young age, maybe one of the first games I ever played. Um, He's also, he's an entrepreneur. He's a philanthropist. He is just a cool dude. I did some research on him and I'm excited to talk to him and, and chat with him a little bit, Mr. Rob. Angel, how are you? Is it no, it's Angel. Why do people say Angel? Because that's my name. Is it really? Yeah, no, it's Angel. Yeah, yeah. it's Russian. It's short for Angelchik. And so they had to shorten it when they came over on the uh on the ships years ago. Oh, look at that. I doubted myself, but I was correct the first time. Yeah. How are you doing? It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Doing great. Really doing well. <laughs> yeah, we were talking before about how you actually get dressed, like working in quarantine, you treat it the way most of us probably should, where you're not wearing sweatpants. Uh, no, it's, uh, I used to work out of my home forever. And so just to change it up, learning a new skill, as they're telling you to do, I actually have pants on. See, I and I, I do too, but they're questionable. I don't know if you can actually call them pants. 
I, you know, I'm just going to show you because I know you're curious. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to look over here. They're my favorite Target pants. Oh, oh, very nice. They're the type of pants that, like, if you see a woman wearing them, you're like, she gardens and she probably doesn't do a good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a terrible gardener. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't have holes in the knees, you'll be just fine. <laughs> no, no holes in the knees. Right, that was right in right. college, Rob. That was in college. <laughs> I think our, our experiences may have been the same, but anyway, moving on. By the time you got out of college, I was just a zygote. I was I was a baby. Yeah. 1982 was when I was born, and 1982 around that time was when Pictionary was born. Uh, yeah, I graduated college in '82, moved in with some buddies, and like July of 1982, I discovered, as we call it, trades on paper. So yeah, very good time. That's so wild, man. It's so it's honestly like I feel like I'm chatting with a celebrity because I, I'm. I played that game so much. So many, so many of my childhood memories are surrounded by these board games, and right. it's such a nostalgic experience for me. So I appreciate you being here. It's really cool. Well, I appreciate the words. It's like, you know, it's that you say nostalgic. It's that shared everything about Pictionary. That's why you remember it. You yeah. Remember you don't remember the game. The game's irrelevant. You remember the times, and that's what life's all about. It's so different now, the way children play. I know it's it's a topic yeah. that has been uh, talked about over and over again, but I, I feel like I, I feel so fortunate coming from that analog era. I didn't have a computer or anything now. And yeah. how has, how has, I know you, you sold Pictionary to Mattel. Yeah, in 2001. 2001. Yeah. That must have been, there must have been some emotional experience. Uh, experience to that for you oh well yeah <laughs> it's like any relationship forget the fact it was a game it's like any relationship we broke up somebody took her away from me it was like oh okay fine i'll get over it but it took a little while yeah it was it was very emotional it was, it was... did it feel weird to cry over a board game not at all <laughs> no. like i'm a crier i'm emotional i've been posting this week People have been sending me pictures from 1985, 86. I've been balling all week. I'm <laughs> serious. It's the 35th anniversary, and that's why the book and blah blah blah. But all these memories. So no, I'm I'm not at all. I cry over everything. I do too. I'm similar. Uh, it's I get a pass though because I'm a woman. See, if you bleed for a week, a month, you get a pass. So you just have to find a way to bleed for a week, and you'll be you'll be all set in society. I've got a drawer full of stuff. I can take care of it. If that's all I need, I'm in. <laughs> That's it. I just want to belong. You has anyone ever told you that you look like a Viking king? <laughs> no, I've been told a lot of things. That's the first. I appreciate that. I take a picture of that on my phone. See what it looks like. You really do. Like if, if if Game of Thrones comes out again, you should totes audition and become a king of Piction. It could be like Pictionario. Could be your land. That's right. I can't wait to see what the logo looks like or my crest looks like. It's just, it's just, it's just a marker draw. It's a like a line drawing of a, of a smiley face. It's somebody yeah. drawing that. That's as good as I can do. So if I make it myself, it's stick figures. Maybe excuse my yeah. I, I'll leave that to the experts. I um I did do some searching on you, and I found things that you said that I that stuck with me. Um, the one thing you said you get excited about little victories, yeah. and in a correlation with creating a business. Um, you know, with the idea of that you're going to fail, you mentioned how little victories get you through and how small steps 
um, create the bigger ideas. Do you want to speak to that? No, no. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Next question. Yeah, no. I mean, really, that's the whole premise of Pictionary. Why? Why it came to be. When I started thinking about it, all the steps overwhelmed me. Business plans, marketing plans, partners, all these things. And so I had to break it down to its simplest step. And that was making the word list. That's how Pictionary got started. So I went in the backyard, opened it up, and I found the word aardvark. So I wrote down the word aardvark. That was it. So I call it that, that's how Pictionary started. But I celebrated the victory of writing down the one word. And it sounds goofy, but it's absolutely true. In the moment, I wrote down the word because I was waiting tables myself through school waiting tables and uh that's what i was doing so i labeled myself that when i wrote down aardvark i relabeled myself a game inventor so i just got excited about that little victory and there's and that built to the next word and the next word that's all life is is little victories it really is and it's so often in our own endeavors and pursuits we i think we self-sabotage in trying to accomplish the bigger things first i think there's um, merit in that, but I have learned for myself that sometimes I take off a, a bigger piece than I can handle. And by attacking these smaller victories, yeah. it improves your, it changes your habits, first of all, because you're getting that immediate reward. So that Q routine reward spot response is yeah. totally evolving and you're achieving things. You're like, oh shit, I, I can do maybe instead of uh, one big thing, for the day, I do 10 little ones and it gets me closer to the bigger thing that I'm trying to accomplish. With Without question, that's how we, me, you operate as humans. If I think of the big picture of a project, I push, I resist it. I'm going, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna go have that beer or figure out how to get on the pocket, whatever. But yeah, I know once I do that, I told this one guy once, he wanted to start a catering company. He was whining and crying. He didn't know how to do it. And he had all these things. So I gave him 20 bucks. I said, look, go buy your domain name. Go to GoDaddy. That was it. Oh, so damn. Nine bucks. And so two months later, I thought never, I didn't think of it. Two months later, I got a text. Hey, started my company. Thanks for the 20 bucks and getting that going. All it took was a GoDaddy name for it to be real. I mean, that's the thing. It became real for him. That was, that was a start. And that's really a testament also to how one person can make all the difference. Yeah. And it's not just the one person because the one person will lead to another person and another person and another person. And it's a snowball effect. If you open yourself up to it, you know, um, I, I'm a firm believer. I've never had that sort of mentality where I did this alone. You know, everything I've I've do, done it alone. People say that all the time. Motherfucker, you didn't do anything alone. <laughs> It took a lot to get you to this spot, by the way. Yeah, talk to your mom. Okay, talk she pushed you through a teeny hole. Yeah, that's <laughs> what apparently you go back to that a lot. Anyway, I do. it's a it's the <laughs> nucleus of my being, literally. The sense of the whole dynamic here. How can I help? Um, I have no idea what we're talking about. Well, that's the greatest oh. part. Just you know, losing your thought and then finding a new one. Uh, let's see. Let's let's come over there. Open. You talked about open. Yes. That yes. Is, that's been my philosophy my whole life because I don't know what's going to happen one minute to the next. The unknown is kind of like something. I, it's something I embrace because I don't know what's going to happen, and I love when that comes in. But since I know in my head, my mindset that I'm going to accept the unknown, it doesn't scare me. And so I'm. Oh, I call it open. Open mind, open arms, and open heart. Uh, and it just works really well. And that's 
you know, Pictionary, how that got started. And the best experiences I've had in my life are random. And just because I was open to meeting somebody or doing something. that me? Yeah, that was me. Sorry. Oh, my God. That's so good. Because it's such perfect timing. Is it anybody we can talk to? <laughs> my nephew. I'm mentoring and coaching him. So, no, let's leave him alone today. Usually when I'm podcasting, my sister will call. I had to, like, let her know the times that I podcast. It was, like, six podcasts in a row. She's just FaceTiming me from her backyard because she can't handle being in the house with her kids all the time. (laughs) So, Mommy takes her little breaks and takes a walk, and she'll call me. (laughs) Somebody else calls. I'll check to see. Maybe we'll bring them on. Yeah, if it's somebody good, we'll have to be open to the randomness of the (laughs) existence and and take the call. Sometimes you got to take the call. (laughs) I um I I read something that also said that you were a rambunctious child, which I don't know if you can tell. I was also a very rambunctious child. You know, I prefer the word curious. I like that too. You said rambunctious yourself. Well, I yes, didn't you did. Else, no, that's a label. <laughs> I didn't myself. Yeah, yeah. I it's hard. Well, you can see. I mean, I'm supposed to. You're supposed to sit still in interviews. I can't. I just, well, look at me. It's really tough for me to do. And so, yeah, I was rambunctious. I still am. It's like this wandering curiosity. Uh, you know, see what's around the next corner. So, yeah, that's. If you want to call me rambunctious, I've been called worse. Yeah, I love rambunctious. Rambunctious is like it. It basically is curious. It's like uh, you know, creative energy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the input comes. That's for me. That's where the creativity comes from is the stimulus, the stuff coming in from any source. I mean, this interview, I'm sure something will come of it could be watching TV. So yeah, rambunctious and open. That's for creativity. That's my gig. That's, that's, I love that part. Did you, um, were you stimulated in school? Were you a good student? No. (laughs) I wasn't either. I had a, I had a permanent desk in the hallway by the time I was in like 11th grade. Yeah, well, the way I, I read somewhere that I really appreciated, I graduated college, Mr. Pictionary with a 2.9. Merit. <laughs> I was an academic probation twice. Not once, twice, right? So, so I was not very good at the box of learning. So the valedictorians, they're really good at living in the box. Mm-hmm. I was not very good at living in a box. So yeah, no, I was terrible. I. I barely graduated college, barely graduated high school, but, you know, I'm creative. I didn't need to have good grades. Yeah, it's ironic that you weren't good learning in the box, but you created a box that <laughs> that helped other people, like, learn. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I said it, I've never said it, but as soon as I said it, the irony was not lost on me. <laughs> it's just, I think, you know, when I think back to my education and growing up, and my mother was a teacher, um, I really feel like children like us, the rambunctious kind, the curious minds, um, so often were failed by the institution of education that existed in our, you know, subsequent areas. I know for me, I was bored because I thought too fast. Not that I was smarter than everyone else. I just, the way I learned was um, at a weird rate. And so I was... I acted out because I wasn't being properly directed. Right. So, but the irony in all of that, like we're uh, what we're speaking to is essentially if you have some sort of direction or purpose out of this chaotic process of learning, you can find something that defines you. Cause you know, 
Pictionary is a very iconic game that has existed for so long. Um, and that was, you know, born from probably years of the, the way you learned and, and essentially having some sort of faith outside and on the other side of your education. Yeah, I didn't put a lot of, clearly a lot of <laughs> in my education. <laughs> you graduated. When I graduated, I, but I, I, my dad got fired from his job, so I had to pay for my own school. So I had to decide if I wanted to be in, yeah. So my freshman year, he gets fired from his job and I get a call. Hey, you know, and, and he was upset. If you get, uh, if you want to continue, you got to pay for your own. I got a job in the cafeteria. I started waiting tables. So I'm not poo-pooing education, but it was, I had to make that choice to stay. Are you being arrested right now? Are the cops coming for you? It's bizarre. They're, the sirens have been going off nonstop. Man, it's a weird time. It's it weird, weird times. I think they're getting somebody for littering. I don't know. I mean, it's not. How do you, breaking away from what we're talking about, yeah. let's, let's be in this current climate. How do you feel about what's going on? I want to get your opinion on the, the current state of, of the world. I know it's a big question, a big ask, but you do with that what you may. It's a little messed up. <laughs> That's my technical take on it. I'm sure I get big words later, but right now I'm just going to go with messed up. Yeah. You know, it is, it, it's a little overblown, but we have to protect each other. We have to protect, you know, other people. Uh, the hardships that it's causing for people is unbelievable. And, you know, it's cliche, but we have to kind of pull together. We have to pull together this time and support each other. Uh, you know, the media is hyping so much and I'm being very careful, uh, but you have to, you, we have to appreciate what's going on, but not necessarily accept it all. I agree. I, I think uh, the accepting factor is what needs to change the most. And also people not people being a little bit more active. I think people need to be a little bit more active, you know, on the other side of, of experiencing hardships, you either are going to experience more hardships or you're going to prevail. Oh, I mean, it's right now the opportunities for people, not just for business, but are immense. I mean, we're all being forced myself included. I had this big book launch plan. Well, that went away. So we're all being forced for good or bad to change. It, it, it doesn't matter what the reason is. We're doing it. We and have so, to change the game. We have to. <laughs> it's almost like a game changer. I'm going to write that one down. Can you say it again, please. Game changer. You know what's so crazy? <laughs> is I hosted a show for Top Golf called Game Changer. And that that's the title. That's your new book coming out yeah, in yeah, next yeah. week, right? June sec June 2nd? June 1st. June 1st. The 35th anniversary of the day I launched Pictionary in the restaurant I worked in. To the day, 35 years. That's a beautiful round number right there. How does that feel? <laughs> Good. Now, my voice went up an octave. <laughs> You just turned into a 13-year-old boy. It was really good. I'm going to be rambunctious when I talk about it today. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a big number, but you know, it is what it is. But it was good. It, any advice for someone like me who's embarking on writing her first book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a process, man. Uh, let's see. The advice I'd give you is... Uh, just start writing. That's kind of like getting started. We talk about 
But no, at some point, you've got to put the pen down. I mean, I rewrote this freaking book like four times because my mind changed, my, my circumstances changed. At some point, you just put the book down and release it to the world, like it, whether it's your business, your book, whatever. Uh, yeah, and just, just have a clear idea of what it is you want to write. What's your reason for writing the book? Why do you want to do it? You just want to write that's cool but if you want to tell a story that's cool if you want to talk about you know your life or, or some event that happened but kind of narrow it down to a short period of time what you want to talk about and that'll help focus having a strong why and which is not my the focus part is not my strong suit having a strong a strong why mr Senek. yes i focus what the fuck is focus well i i I, if you could look it up in the dictionary and send me the link to what that means, I'd really appreciate it because I focus is, oh my God, it's, there's no people to focus. I can't focus. This is what I have written on my, I have notes. I'm all about notes. What's your goal? Focus and <laughs> finish. Uh, you know what mine is? <laughs> you, you have a note too? <laughs> <laughs> That's not good for a podcast, Rob. Uh, <laughs> I, I like, yeah, I tend to not focus to the point. I tend to not focus and my stories kind of drag. And so I'm learning to um, focus my stories and not be as uh, 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 verbose and rambling. So I'm just made myself a little note. This is the first for the record for the record. The first time I've had a note here. Really? First time. Uh, I've I love a note. I've always had notes. I have notes for my notes. It's, yeah. it's a, I, I, it's the only way I can like get anything done. This is how I learn to learn through, because yeah. my brain is just, da, 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 and I have to write it all out and then I can go, oh, yep. oh. Now, it's do, like you, I, do you, so what I do is more, not notes. I record my stream of consciousness and then I have it translated, uh, uh, typed up and it shows up on my inbox. It's brilliant. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think we're the same way. It's like if I have a thought, you know, I, taking the time to write it down, by the time the last word's done, I forget what the hell I'm talking about in the first place. <laughs> so like, what was that thought? It was really great. So I just record them. And then every week or so, I just dump them into a, a company at Rev and they just type it up. And in my inbox, there's all my stuff. It's a great thing, though, when those thoughts pop into your mind. Like those, when you're just, not thinking about thinking, you know, those moments where whatever you're doing, you know, uh, shower or driving those tasks that are, that are so routine that we don't really need to put a lot of thought to them. And the brain is allowed to stretch. Those are the best fucking moments. Those, I mean, you've, you've touched on what is stifling creativity. I really, it's because I don't want to get on my soapbox, but with all the input, you don't need to learn it. You don't need to be creative. You know, when I invented Pictionary, there was no internet, right? And so we didn't know how to put a game together. So we did it by instinct. We did it what we felt right. Our gut said, do this. We did it. Put the game together by hand in my apartment. But if it was today, all I had to do was go online. Oh, I pointed over here, by the way. Yeah, is, is, is the online, is it over there? It's over here. I just saw my arm go. Oh, it's over this way. Okay. Okay. So it's. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> so I go over there and all I have to do is push a couple of buttons and I know what I'm doing or I, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to be creative. So, yeah. So I, I, I just take breaks all the time. Stop thinking about anything. Not about I, I want to create something. I don't know what I want to create. And so that's my gig. I just take the time out and I 
go away. And I stop thinking. That, those are great fucking moments. Taking breaks. And even like children don't know what that is now. Because yeah. yeah. of, of our devices. You know, it's there's there's something to say about boredom. Boredom is a beautiful device for creativity. And it, absolutely. I met, I met this woman, Holocaust survivor. I'm not making this up. At Indy 500. She's 86 years old. She's at the Indy 500. She's at the Indy 500. I love her. And there was Eva Kaur, and she's since passed, but she was a beautiful woman, beautiful. And she goes, Rob, she talks like, Rob, you know what people are missing these days? I go, what? She goes, boredom. Yes. She goes, boredom. She goes, people aren't bored enough. And I totally agree. I mean, it makes perfect sense, and I totally buy into it. Boredom is a great, it's an art. It's a lost art. It's an art. You're absolutely right. It it's really is. People go, I'm bored. I'm not accomplishing anything. I should be hanging out with my friends or something. I need. Be bored. See what happens. Yeah, be fucking bored. I feel like it's um, it's it's a it's necessary for the brain. It's a break for the brain to go. Finally, some fucking me time. You know, it's like when you're a mom and your kids are like, mom, 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 and then the babysitter takes them. You can go. Oh God! I just want to watch Grey's Anatomy and drink a bottle of red wine. Okay, that's, that's what I assume moms. I mean, I, I I don't I have three dogs. I don't have any kids, but I think that equals to like a one little, little one kid. <laughs> you have children, I know that. I do. Twenty. What are they? Twenty. I'm, I'm that guy. Twenty four and twenty six. Yeah. All grown up, and what are they doing? What what's uh, their career endeavors? Uh, they're doing what makes them happy. My son's a programmer. Not my thing, but he loves it. And that's awesome. what he wanted to do from, as a kid. My daughter works for an online educational company. She organizes uh, their life and play tests and play. So, yeah, no, they're uh, my, my only job in life. Seriously. It wasn't Pictionary. It wasn't us. It was to raise good humans. That was it. How did you how do you raise good humans? <laughs> give you, us give us the, the key. You you empower them. You you let them know they're OK the way they are. And you let them do what they want to do. You don't tell them what they have to do, what they have to be. Just let them minds wander and they'll find their own, I, they'll find their own direction. You know, it's about example and all the rest of, of course, but, but let them be themselves and they turn out okay. It's like literally giving them room to grow. It's hard. I feel in this society where because of our access to one another, we're worried about judgment. And if I, you know, look how she's raising her kid or how they're raising their family, I got to do it that way. Yeah, that, 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 you know, that's a whole four-hour conversation about judgment. Yeah. yeah. Giving it or accepting it, it's the, it's the stifle of everything. It's useless. It's useless. Absolutely useless. It's fucking emotion. useless. And it usually comes from a, a source of hypocrisy. And it, it doesn't, it's not useful. It's not useful to them or you. No, you know what is? You know what's more useful than judging other people? Getting high. Go smoke some marijuana and calm down in your backyard, Lance. Nobody gives a shit how you, what your morning routine is with your children and the fact that you got them off gluten. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to, I've got some places for you to, you know, I'm going to uh, <laughs> at that one and send that to some people. Yeah, it's over. It all comes down to overthinking. Oh. It's overthinking everything. These little steps we were talking about and the little victories. It, 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 most of it doesn't matter. I'm an overthinker, Rob. I am a 
that is one of my, it, it, but it goes hand in hand. Usually our, you know, greatest attribute can be our biggest fault. And oh, yeah. I think so much. And because of that, I'm able to produce, but then it gets into this darker space. Are you, um, are you an overthinker? <laughs> How do you manage your overthinking? I sometimes don't. It's an honest answer. I mean, I get overwhelmed. Uh, that's just, I think that from the creative mind like you, now I'm pointing at you, you can't see. It's, <laughs> it's when there's too much input and stimulus, I kind of sometimes shut down. I, I, don't, I overthink and then I get nothing accomplished. The, the walls go up. And so too much is too much for me. Uh, so I, I, when I start overthinking, I try desperately, usually but not always with success, to just stop whatever I'm doing watch television. I need the distraction. Physically, I need something physical to distract me. Sitting down and meditating and taking a deep breath, it all sounds good, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it's my freaking head. I still can't get out of there. So I have to look at stuff and I physically, that's how I get out of it. It is an interesting thing how the meditation factor, it's such a practice for certain people. People, you know, I think that like-minded you and I where the wheels are constantly turning. It's it, meditation until you can get a grasp on it can almost be, be a, a prison. <laughs> There's there. I just went through this. Look at me. I just went through this with, with somebody that's kind of helping me with this. And she goes, I go meditation in these moments does nothing because whatever's going on in my head doesn't go away by stopping and meditating. Yeah. Some, I I, my, you know, I'm a I'm a big cannabis advocate. I'm I am getting the uh, the vibe. Can you smell the fumes? Yeah, I hot box my house every day. Um, nice. And that's the one thing for me that has really helped me manage my anxieties, my overthinking, and really focus. That's the irony of um, the stigma around the plant is right. that essentially um, your essence will be either heightened or somewhat diluted depending on how you're consuming. Right. So for me, you know, there's that whole stigma of, Oh, you're stoner. You're just on the couch. Well, you were probably on the couch before you got stoned. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't, don't judge me. Right. Don't, don't whatever, judge whatever, me. Whatever it takes to get you to that point. And, and we have to talk offline here. Cause I, I, like I say, I like being a little, I can't, can I, oh, I like being high. I don't like being right. Yeah, like you can being, say right? anything you want, Rob. It's I've called Shark Tongue Podcast. Let the F-bomb fly. F I've never dropped an F-bomb on a podcast. I don't like being fucked up. I like Woo! being high, but I like being fucked up. And so so I need to get, learn a new uh, weed something because um, there's some chemical imbalance that even a little bit just puts me over the edge. I don't know I'm what it is. Very some, similar. Yeah, it's this creative mind. I don't know what it is. And so it's like, uh, I'd said, but if you could help me, I will help you. I'm in. <laughs> I will help you reach your true cannabis self, your potential, your potential. Oh, nice. I will. I'll help you reach it. I wonder if anyone's ever used that. Do I have to use the word cannabis? I use weed or pot. I'm old school. Can I use? Do I have to use cannabis? No, you don't have to use cannabis. I just use it more often than not because, especially with the recent uh, podcast I did with these amazing dudes called the uh, Pot Brothers at Law. Are you familiar? I, I I actually listened to that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so you know, Mark is a huge 
vernacular um, considerer consideration. He has a big consideration for language. And so to destigmatize, he likes to use cannabis and um, medicated as opposed to stoned and a stoner. So all right, fine. I'll it's all you, good. I'll write that on one of my notes again. <laughs> put it, put it underneath. Stop talking. Exactly. Hasn't gone away. <laughs> I mean, you definitely have the vibe and the hair of a dude who hot boxes at the bathroom. <laughs> uh, I'm not against it. Clearly, this is not me judging. This is help me to make this real. Dude, okay. you went in your backyard and you were like, Aardvark, we're making a game, guys. Everybody in the house, get to the backyard. You can't tell me you weren't stoned. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can tell you anything I want. You can't. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm getting that idea. You're really good at me forgetting that somebody actually may be listening between you, except for you and me. It's an art form. It's, I think serial killers also have the same style of uh, making people feel comfortable before they get them into the van or the the dungeon. I'm just trying to get into your heart and soul. I'm not trying to not trying to kill you. Kill you with emotions. There you go. I, <laughs> my heart, and my soul are yours for the next. How long? How, how long do you need? Two more days. You go, baby. I'm going to be somewhere June 1st. That's it. Till then, I'm, I'm good. I know your book is coming out. I was excited because I am a reader. I love to read. Uh, so I, I want a signed copy. I will purchase it, but I want a signed copy. I appreciate both of those. We'll make sure that happens. Yes. And what can you tell any uh, our listeners a little bit about Game Changer? I'm smoking a lot of weed. No. <laughs> it all began with it all a began. No, you know, the whole, the whole premise of the book is my journey with Pictionary from a 23-year-old waiter when I just had this idea and I got started and I made a game. I mean, there's a lot of drama and a lot of steps, and but really I was just a waiter and I had an idea and I got started and uh, making a game. And then all of a sudden it turned into something huge, you know, out of my, put the game together in my apartment. And then within three years, I've got the biggest selling board game in the world. What, when did you, okay, here's a, here's a question. I did a show called girl code on MTV. Okay. And this is a totally different scale, but it's just a, a way to connect an analogy to how you, um, to the question I want to ask you. I didn't know how big the show was until one night with social media, people started following me. And yeah. it, it was new because social media was kind of new. And I didn't really know what was going on, but it felt exciting. Like, do you have that moment? When did you know that the tipping point had tipped for you? Yeah. Because there, was, there wasn't social media. Like you said, it was a totally different time. This was late 80s. 86, 87. I know, I know the moment when, you know, we're still selling a lot of games, but I wasn't really aware. I'm in, I'm in Paris, France. It's 1987, and we're just launching in Europe. And I went to the, the, the branding meeting, and I just got tired, jet lagged, and I walked out. And I said, you know, I'm just going to take a little break. And I'm walking down the street, and in the window – of the shop was a Pictionary game in French. <laughs> Did and, it say, was it like Pictionary and it was a guy holding a cigarette? I only knew, only knew it was because of the shape. I couldn't read the damn thing because it had it <laughs> French, but I knew it was Pictionary. <laughs> and I remember looking at this and I go, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I still get choked up. It was like, that was the moment not because we'd sold a lot of games, but something I did, a little guy, a little waiter from Seattle did something that's in a storefront in Paris, France. And that was the moment I go, okay, <laughs> this is something. It wasn't the money or this game. So it was like, holy moly, 
this, this may actually work. So that was something you're doing is connecting people from and has connected people for decades around the globe. Like that's yeah. pretty fucking cool. That's pretty. Yeah. I call it, I call it cosmic gravy. When we do cosmic things, gravy, cosmic gravy, the unintended like consequences, when we do a business or even meet somebody, whatever, we don't know what's going to happen. I didn't invent dictionary to bring the world together, but all these people tell me these stories. And that's just one of the amazing things that's happened. I mean, you know, the stories I hear, I could share some, but it's just, it's just humbling, heartwarming, and just pretty darn cool. Excuse me. What? I forgot right. It's pretty damn cool. Pretty fucking cool. Pretty you fucking can, cool. You let it go. If you look, it's you let it go here, and it it won't squeak out someplace else. <laughs> that's yeah, that's my like broken theory. Well, well, it'll it'll pop up, but I don't. Care. <laughs> I got to hear a story about a few f bombs. This there's a situation with comedians where if you tell them not to do something, oh yeah, and humans in general, it, it's like a, it's like that child thing. You tell them not to touch something they're they're gonna touch it they don't hear the word yes or no all they hear is the word you've said yes don't, don't blow up the balloon hmm. I'm like, like i'm gonna blow up that Where's fucking balloon? balloon i didn't forget i forgot about the balloon but now i gotta do it okay yeah, even, there was a balloon in that room i'm gonna wait till that bitch leaves and i'm gonna go blow up that fucking balloon and when we're done i do not want you to go smoke anything <laughs> it's like <laughs> when we're done lady i hot boxed your womb Good luck. <laughs> Here's the thing. I came from a generation where my mom was like smoking cigarettes while she was pregnant with me. I can hot box. Okay. That's, I, that's <laughs> Yeah. There's bigger issues to be done here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were so many times as a comedian where, you know, we'd have to do morning press back, you know, BC before Corona when we were on the road we'd have to do morning press. And of course, with morning radio, iHeartRadio, it's mainstream. You can't swear. Oh, and, yeah. you know, doing like, I'm sure you've done a bunch of press junkets too, where you're on these morning news shows and news anchors who, oh God, you can't swear. No. And they're, and, not, and they're not responding. They're no. just, they're looking at their notes and you, you know, you're responding. I can play off of this, but when they're just looking at their notes and waiting for the next question, <laughs> It's back to that whole mind thing going, I start to wander too. I've been more than once. I'm going, what was the question? Yeah. I, you know, it's like, I didn't stop talking and I didn't know what the question was. <laughs> I have a pretty good track record. I know it's probably shocking for you listening to me drop my F-bombs here, but I had only, I, I can confidently say that I've only sworn out of the over of a decade being on the road, maybe two or three times on radio mm. and TV. Good for you. Thank you. I, feel, I think that's a fucking accomplishment. How, you're, you're making up for it now, clearly. How <laughs> memorable were those moments? Oh, there was one moment that was my crowning jewel. <laughs> there uh -huh. was, um, I was, I, I think I was stoned, so it was a little too relaxed, but you know, that can go both ways. And yeah. I was in, I think I was in Kentucky. And the host and I got, you know, chummy, this girl, we got comfortable before we started recording. And so I sat down on the couch, we start, go, we went live and I leaned back and underneath the pillow behind me was this crunchy, it was like crunchy material. And I grabbed it and I went, what the fuck? <laughs> and I pull out this empty cheese it bag. Oh no. 
It's like 6 a.m. and this chick is snacking on Cheez-Its on her couch. The whole studio, you could hear everybody cracking up. And we just kept going. We kept going. She doesn't, yeah. But don't stop. Don't. It don't stop. That's the thing that I've been trained in media. And when you're talking and when you're working, don't stop. Because there's a thousand freaking reasons to stop and dropping an F-bomb is one of them. But don't stop. Just keep going. Nobody cares half the time. But nobody notices the other half. Just keep going. You got to keep going. And a personality trait that I have, and I wonder if you have the same, is I'm a little bit of a rabble rouser. I like to... I like to stoke fires just a little bit for fun, for fun. Right. You never mean, you don't mean harm. You just poke the bear, stand back and see what happens. Exactly. And it's a gentle poke. It's like, yeah. I just, I boop his nipple. I go boop. Boop. Not tweaking, I, touching? Not tweaking. No, not even a light pressure. Just a gentle, like a kiss from Jesus. Just boop. <laughs> 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 and I stand back and wait and see, you know, I, I think people are, people listening are probably like, what about Spokane? I was in Spokane. Weren't you, bo- weren't you born in Spokane? I grew, up, I grew up in Spokane. Yeah. Until you were five. I know that. No, I moved when I was five until I was 20. Oh, I got spoke. I, I, did, I found picture in Spokane in 1982, but anyway. Oh, okay. British Columbia. Is that where you were born? Yeah. I was born in uh, Canada. So beautiful, that part of the world. If you haven't been there, folks, when you can, British Columbia is by far one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, It is. It's huge. It's long. It's it's unspoiled and the trees and the nature. Yeah. If you if you like nature, get out of Vancouver and that's absolutely beautiful. When you go a little farther north, even Vancouver Island, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It really is. And I actually, you did one of my uh, roommate and dear, dear friend, Leo Flowers. You did his really? podcast, Before You Kill Yourself. Amazing podcast. And him and I were supposed to be in British Columbia. We were supposed to be doing shows in um, uh, Vancouver and Alaska. But thanks to yeah. COVID, we couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. Who is it? Who is it? Uh, this is the most disappointing call ever. Potential oh. spam. I, I love answering those. The, the robocalls are the pain in the ass, though. Most uh, the robocalls now. The robocalls are so boring, but do you remember that IRS spam that was oh. going around? Oh, yeah. I almost bought into it. I did. I almost <laughs> did. Yeah. You know, telling secrets, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? This is before we all knew pretty much everything on your phone is a spam. Everything. And I'm like, what have I done? Maybe they caught me. Not that I did anything wrong ever. Maybe once. And so, yeah, so, yeah, these, these, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. You can't. What's this guy, James Veach? Have you seen him? No, who's, who's oh that? Oh, my fucker? God. Go on YouTube. His name is James Veach. He takes spam emails and he has a whole routine that's like bunches up. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see. So like he a, like spams yeah. them back? Oh, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, go watch him. I will. That's funny. I I think that's what you should do. Like with that whole IRS one, I I was like, the police are at my, they're coming to my door. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm bolting things. I'm paying whatever they want. Oh my God. What do I have to do? Oh, I bought, that was like maybe the creative part. Just I'm going, I mean, mean, what do I got to do to not do that? I'm going to get arrested. The IRS are at the door with the police. Even, even when you know you haven't done anything wrong. No. 
You're like, I pay my taxes. I don't want to wear it Please, please protect me. Call somebody. Oh, yeah, God. Terrible. But yeah, it, they're scamming people and they're getting people's nanas. That's what really pisses me off. That's that's the part. You and I are adults-ish. I, I take that back, by the way. A little bit. A little bit. But yeah, it's the people that, that are defenseless, that they're scamming, that are paying. That's that. They should be locked up. Oh, they should. It's brutal, man. It's so leave Nana alone. Leave Nana alone. She's lived yeah. a long life. She went through fucking three wars. <laughs> she, Back up. Four, four with Mr. Potential Spam. Those yeah. are the guys we need to fight. That's the next battle. <laughs> oh man. I um oh yeah. So the Spokane. Oh, really? You're gonna do that? Yeah, you know? everyone was yelling at me, isn't it Spokane? They're like, it's Spokane. I'm like, no, it's Spokane. Spokane. You're poking the bear now. You're poking the I'm nose. poking the bear. So I poked the bear on Spokane uh, Morning News with this really delightful news anchor who took her job very seriously. She's very professional and kind. Um, she asked me during the interview how I was enjoying Spokane, and I pulled out my jar of weed, and I said, it's been great. <laughs> because fans showed up and gave me free weed in her face. I'll send you the video after this, Rob. Oh no, I know, I, I know exactly what it was. I you don't even have to. I already know. This is Spokane. I know exactly what her face looked like. <laughs> she was so shook. Oh yeah. It was the great, it was my that was my true crowning jewel moment for me, where I just and I I was just like, it's great. Your people are so kind and generous. Look what they gave me. Come so, to the show. <laughs> that is so sweet. She the, you know, she's putting the mute button right now. <laughs> She couldn't. Oh, she couldn't. It was much. the greatest. And that's like, it's harmless. Completely harmless and legal, by the way. Thank you. I mean, let's not even get into, we don't have to get into that. It's legal. It's legal. You know, get over it. It's like, what would be the difference between you taking, you know, the weed or showing a shot of vodka? Nothing. And that's a good point. How Nothing. many news articles would you not have to read if if alcohol were illegal? Right. All of them are like, you know, two car crash, family died because of drunk driver. You know what the news article is for people smoking weed? Girl breaks into a Baja Fresh, makes herself a chicken tortoise sandwich, leaves $20 and then takes a nap on the floor. Uh, perfect. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. Maybe I all right, fine. I'm gonna be I'm gonna start smoking weed. Excuse me, cannabis. You, you cannabis. Yeah, I want, I'm kind of hungry as you just brought that whole scenario up, but uh, yeah, it's it's a whole different uh, uh, buzz, shall we say? You you have now. I told you you looked like a, a Nordic Viking, like a Nordic king before. Another vibe just came to, to me. Can I share it with you? I insist. You've got a like a total Willy Wonka vibe. <laughs> have you ever gotten that, like Gene yeah, Wilder? Gene Wilder vibe with the hair. You know, and you don't put product and you just kind of wake up and you go. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely have the Gene Wilder crap going on today. And the Pictionary is like your chocolate factory. Oh, and I'm 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 not offended. I'm I like chocolate. I like having a factory. <laughs> that was a, that might be the weirdest thing I've ever said. That was very nonsensical. There was no ask me again. Ask me another question. I don't I want to go back. That was very good. Are you sure oh, you aren't stoned? You better swear. <laughs> what now for you? Um, what's beyond writing a book? 
I imagine you have a lot of endeavors that you're going after. You know, is Inspire Youth Project, is that still happening? No, and that's a fortune. It was a nonprofit that I was involved in for 18 years, uh, kids and teens affected by AIDS. But fortunately, because of the AZT and all the cocktail, you know, we kind of got put out of business because the kids didn't need as much support because they were everybody was living longer. It's fantastic. That's so a I, great problem. I was going to say it's a beautiful thing. I don't know how it came out. Yeah, and it was really, really, really uh, good. So I, I do things with my kids now. So we look for charities, we look for nonprofits that we can get involved in, time, energy, and money, all three are important. And so, yeah, I spend a lot of time with philanthropy, the book. I'm going to take, uh, when this book is done on June 1, on June 2, I know I'm supposed to be doing more promotions for the book, but I'm leaving for a couple of weeks. You should. Where are you going to go? I'm getting in the car with my girlfriend, and we're just going to drive. I love that. No destination. No destination. No time to get back. We'll get back when we get back. That's also how bitches go missing, but you're a trustworthy dude. <laughs> Did you mention she's with me? We're starting out together. <laughs> so it's not like I'm finding her on the road. So I'm pretty sure it'll be okay. It'll be fine. I trust I trust you. I'm sure it's going to be a great experience. I think I it's a great way to travel. No plan. I, I tell you, it is. I've been known, and there's pictures of it, to go to the airport <laughs> with an overnight bag, look up at the counter and go, what's the next flat out and jump on it. I've been trapped in airports. I'll go, Oh, whatever. And I'll just grab a flight and I'll go somewhere. I'm lucky and blessed to be able to do that. But I do it all the time. Just get in the car and drive or what I'm talking about the airports. Yeah. Knowing the destination is stressful for me. But it's also with, when you leave the destination open to being discovered, there's so much more to learn about yourself in that openness. You know, we, in the beginning, we right. talked about openness and being open. Like it's, it really is a, a mindset and a great way to approach life. Uh, I, uh, if you look at all my Instagram, uh, you know, the Rob Angel, I start almost all of them with being open because every, everything in life for me and you and the listener is about being open. And those are one of the great experiences start coming in. They're not planned. I'm not looking for a business idea. I don't want, it's just, Hey, you know, see what life brings you. So in those moments when you're walking around the street, I, I play this game called the uh, left, right center. I will, I will literally go to the street corner. I'll close my eyes, throw my head back. And the first word that comes to my mind, I'll do it without thinking. What? Back forward. And that's the direction I'll go and I'll see what adventure I can find. That's a great way to live life. I fucking yeah. love that. Yeah. So it's 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 just being open to not knowing what's going to happen. I've got story and experience after experience of totally unscripted and unplanned. That's the best part of life for me. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. So it's it's just being open is um, is a mindset. It, it really is. And you can start small and celebrate the little victories. Like the whole conversation started with. Celebrate the little victories. And that is so true. If you do it once, don't be disappointed that it worked. It didn't work. You, you did it. You attempted you, it. You tried. You attempted. Yeah, it's it's the attempt. It's uh, it's important. I'll get off my soapbox now. No, I stay on the soapbox. I love the soapbox. I've been asking all of my my friends and, and guests that have been coming on to give my listeners a few, three things they can do in this quarantine to th Thrive, not just survive, but to thrive. Right. 
It's a big difference in the words. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. Well, let's let's start with the first one, which is what I always say: being open, because now more than ever, that everything is coming at you fast and furious, and you don't know what's going on. So you just have to stay open to all the experiences that's going to happen. And two, keep things simple for now, right? They're so they're, you don't know where everything's going, and overthinking and overcomplicating uh, the plans are going to be are going to be tough. And, and three, try to have a little fun. Fuck yeah. I know it's a little tough right now because <laughs> we're thinking about all the all the bad and it's, it's horrible. But uh, you got to have a little fun now and again, whatever that looks like. And so just, just have a little fun and smile and laugh and enjoy. Even if it's for a minute, you'll feel better. I love that. I love those are great options and choices for people to embark on in this quarantine, being open, keep it simple and have fun. And coming from a, a fella who created so much fun for me in my childhood and experiences and memories, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for creating such a fun and amazing game for me to enjoy. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I appreciate you taking time to talk with me. It really has been such a treat. And tell my listeners about the book and where they can find you and how they can support any cause that you're supporting. I, I, I usually have it on a counter. Some where's the thing? I usually yeah. have it on a counter, but I wasn't paying attention when I got up this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Game Changer on Amazon. Game Changer Rob, you have to look up. Um, buy it there. It launches June 1st. Uh, really excited about that. The ebook, everything else will come out. And it's just a story of hope. If a waiter can do it, so can you. It's really that simple. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, The Rob Angel. Uh, and I'm just working on being a better human. I know that sounds cliche, but the last five years have been this book. Now it's time to get back to my spiritual journey. It's time to get back to, you know, the center and then see what the world takes, where the world takes me. And I'll just be open to whatever happens. That's fucking beautiful, Rob. You are an angel. You're a total angel. Will you enjoy that road trip with your girlfriend? I hope you guys have a fun time. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing your openness with us. Absolutely my pleasure. This has been this has been fun. This has been <laughs> an interesting interview and I'm uh, I can't wait to play it back and see, you know, what happened. <laughs> thank you so much, man. Get high uh, for me. I'll, I'll I'll hit you up with some some goodies. I'm, I'm, I'm strangely aroused and thank you. I, I'm your girl. All right, baby. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.